What's going on, everyone? You are now listening to the best of the best, Maverick's Guide to Success. As always, I am your host, Maverick Levy, and go check out the social media pages for the podcast. The username across all platforms is at TBOTBpod. I had someone put together a video that shows you all some of the guests that come on the show, their businesses, you can see their face, you can see their place of work. It's a great new, I guess, marketing material, I would say that I put out for all of you to sort of see. Obviously, I know I say a lot that this is not a visual podcast, so this was a visual I wanted to put together for you all to see sort of behind the scenes of what people do and what their businesses are, and you can put a face with the voice. Also, on a different note, if you wanna contact someone that has been on the show before, that's what the website is for. You can use the website, go to the website, tbotbpod.com on there, information about each guest. You can listen to the shows. You can just interact with the show on a different level. As usual, it is disclaimer time. Everyone, please remember, the discussions on this podcast are for informational purposes only. I cannot predict and do not guarantee that you will attain a particular result from the information provided. You should always seek professional assistance before making decisions in connection with the topics discussed. Now let's jump into today's interview. On today's show, I have brought back on my dad, also known as the tax pro, also known as Lawrence Levy, who is the CEO and president of Levy & Associates. For all of you that are regular listeners and have listened since day one, you know that I had my dad on the show on episode one because one of the topics and one of the main reasons why I started this podcast was because my family is in the tax business. And that's how I recognize that there is a lack of education in schools surrounding these essential life skills. But on today's show, we're really going to get into the specifics. Tax day is coming up. People have started to reach out to me. They've obviously started to reach out to our office to start the process of filing their taxes. So I really want to break down some of the ins and outs of that process because this year, it's very different. We've had COVID happen. We've had PPP, unemployment, stimulus checks, and the situation is abnormal for the, you know a regular tax season, shall I say. So we're going to, that's what we're going to be taking a deep dive on. It's going to be much different than episode one. But if you haven't listened to episode number one, go do so after this because it is a great episode on just the general understanding and consensus of the tax world that you should know that will give you that level, that ground-based education so you can build off of it. So let's get right into this, Dad. Just to refresh everyone. Tax day is on April 15th, if I'm not mistaken. And what is due on this day, Dad? What should people have into the government by this day? You either have to have your tax returns filed or you have to have an extension filed. April 15th last year, by the way, was kicked till July 15th. So either you have to have a tax return filed by April 15th or you have to have an extension filed and extensions extend the period of time to file but not to pay. So let's say that you owe the IRS $1,000. That $1,000 is technically due April 15th, even though you can extend the filing date to October 15th. So if you think you're gonna owe because you're self-employed, whether you're your age or your listener's age in their 20s, 
and they could be a real estate agent, they could be a lawyer, they could be a doctor, and they think they may owe money, it's wise to do a little bit of guessing on it. Consult with a professional, call us, drop Maverick. That always makes the Red Seas part in the levy office. And we'll help you guess or estimate what you should be sending in come April 15th. There's a rumor, but it's just a rumor, that the IRS may extend that deadline date again for a few reasons, one of which there are new thoughts and pending potential additional stimulus payments coming out that make it really complicated for this tax season. So there's some rumblings that April 15th is going to get kicked. But as of when this podcast drops the first week in March, it's still an unknown. So stay tuned. Got it. Yeah. And that's why I, I wanted to have this episode and have you back on the show because it is getting very complicated with all the money that the government is handing out and what's deductible, what's not deductible, what do you have to pay taxes on? But going back to the point of what to do on that April 15th date, how would someone know how much, obviously, if you file an extension, then you're going to have to pay regardless on that April 15th date. But if you haven't done your taxes yet, how do you know what you should be sending into the government? How do you know that? You have to consult with a tax professional. So let's make up two scenarios. Scenario number one is you worked uh, last year, you're in college, and you worked and you had a W-2, and you had taxes being withheld uh, throughout COVID, through 2020. Potentially, if you were working that entire time, you would have had sufficient withholding on your W-2, so you don't have to guess at it. But let's take it a different step. So let's talk about someone that your brother is associated with, and he has his own little business. So he's a self-employed guy, and he has no idea what his profit's going to be, so his business made will make up a number, $100,000, and he had expenses of $50,000. So his profit's going to be $50,000. He's going to be paying taxes on that $50,000, so he needs to consult with someone to figure out what he should pay in as a payment come April 15th, if he's not going to have all of his tax documents ready for us to prepare his taxes before April 15th. So if you have a W-2, in theory, you should be okay. If you don't, you want to pick up the phone and give us a call and we'll guess or we'll estimate what that payment should be if everything's not going to be ready come April 1st so that we have everything filed by April 15th. I always joke with my dad that he always says, pick up the phone and give us a call. But if you do want to give us a call, our phone number is 800-TAX-LEVY. And what do you know the numbers that is so match up with tax levy? Can you do that quickly in your head? Uh, no, but I know my e-fax, which is 888-TAX-LEVY, 538-9729. But no, I should probably look that up. No, I don't. <laughs> but 800-TAX-LEVY. Yeah, that's one eight hundred T A X L E V Y. Listen how he changed that. He turned on that radio voice. But the reason I said tax help is because you can visit the website, which is levytaxhelp.com. Or again, if you want to give us a call, it is Dad. Give him the phone number one more time. One eight hundred tax levy. One eight hundred T A X L E V Y. Now let's go into depth about the filing year because, like I've said before, COVID happened. It's put a lot of kinks in the normal system that's going to take place. So that what are the major changes that you think people should know about in regards to filing their taxes for this upcoming April 15th date? Let's talk about a buddy of yours, actually fraternity brother of yours. 
because you guys are of that age where your parents may no longer claim you as a dependent, when we ran his numbers, when he claimed himself as opposed to his parents claiming him as a dependent, it was more than a $1,000 swing because there was credits that he got because he claimed himself as opposed to being a dependent on his parents' tax return. Let's back up for a second. Some listeners may not know what a dependent means. So we'll use you, right? If I claim you as a dependent on my tax return, it means that I'm claiming you as a as another credit or an exemption on my tax return. But if you're too old or you're making too much money, me as a dad, uh, the parents no longer can take you as a dependent. So you're basically flying on your own. Got it. You're off by yourself. So you really need to make sure if your parents have claimed you in the past, for some reason is 2020 tax year. So last year is that going to be something different. And it may be worth it to have your parents not claim you because it could end up with a better benefit for you if your parents don't claim you, and it may not hurt your parents all that much. So again, you really need to run the numbers both way and consult with us. Got it. So going back to what those major changes are, let's get back into that Mm -hmm. in terms of what that is. So you brought up someone who is a close friend of mine and sort of what these changes gave back to him. Right. So let's go back into that. Right. So that's one option. Stimulus payments is another thing. The stimulus payments, just so everyone's clear, the good news is you don't have to pay income tax on the stimulus checks. They were also known as economic impact payments. So if you did get those, that's not taxable. But some of your friends that you've referred us to, by the way, thank you for those referrals. You probably want to get paid on those referrals, right? Yeah. I'll yeah. buy you dinner tonight. Fair <laughs> Sounds enough. Sounds good. Okay. All right. We're even. So, uh, but if some of your friends got unemployment, that is taxable. And a lot of people weren't counting on that. It was over the news. It was all over the news, actually. But you have to realize that if you did get 1099Gs from unemployment, that is a taxable event whereby the stimulus checks aren't. Now, ask another question. What if you didn't get your stimulus? Well, if you didn't get it for some reason, again, consult with a tax professional to find out, are you eligible for it? And there's ways to do it for, uh, you have to register for the economic impact payments. And if you didn't, you still need to be able to possibly claim, uh, even if you didn't get it. So again, you got to really ask. It's important to ask. And there's so many topics to talk about that it's not worth it to do it on today's podcast. But again, pick up the phone and call. It's worthwhile asking. There's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, no, 100%. I think in years past, we always recommended people never to try and attempt to do their taxes on their own. Just because when you have an automated system and you make one wrong click or you enter in one number and don't put a decimal where it needs to be, it can take you in a whole different direction. We've talked about that on the podcast before. But this year, it's very unique. You have all these moving parts. And I think when someone goes to attempt it, while these programs have changed in a way where they're attempting to catch these certain things with these new rules and new changes in the government in general, it always helps to have a professional look at it, right? Me and you can try to attempt to 
Fix change a light to- bulb. Change a light bulb. Fix the toilet. Whatever it may be. A dishwasher. We're good at though. Dishwasher. We can fix. We had to do it. My dad and I were the least handy people in the entire world. So for us to make the analogy of something, it goes to show that we're not that great at it. While we can attempt it and we can try it, we don't want to risk breaking something. In your case, you don't want to risk not receiving a benefit that can maximize the more money in your pocket. Whatever it may be, but. Let's switch topics here and let's talk about the PPP program. Mm -hmm. First off, what is the PPP program? What does PPP mean? I think a lot of people during COVID got mixed up with PPE, which is the stuff, whether it's gloves, gowns, masks, and then the PPP. I heard a lot of people say to me, actually, like, oh, yeah, I got my PPE. I said, oh, you got a few masks or did you get a few bucks? (laughs) Which one was it? So what is the PPP? The PPP is the Payroll Protection Program. The concept there was to make sure that, let's take me as an employer, that I wasn't going to lay off people. And so I was able to keep them on payroll as opposed to uh, a business owner who was letting their staff go. So there was money that the government gave business owners. The IRS, Congress, they, I shouldn't say IRS, Congress and the SBA recently expanded it and changed it now to self-employed people, and the calculations are drastically different. This is all new as of a couple of weeks ago. So now if you did have self-employment income, you're going to take your gross income. So let's say that you had a buddy of yours that was, uh, I'll make something up, he was a, a landscaper. So 2020 was a landscaper, and he made $50,000. Self-employed, you're Self-employed saying. landscaper, right. He had a Mavericks Landscape Company. He made $50,000. He potentially could qualify for PPP uh, based upon his gross earnings as opposed to net. So for any of the listeners out there who are self-employed, no matter what you do for a living, again, it's worthwhile calling to ask, do you qualify? And there's a small window. And uh, in fact, earlier this week, we happened to have someone come into the office. They were about 10 years older than you and uh, husband and wife couple. They're both teachers in the music industry. One is a music teacher and is self-employed. The wife who's, who I met with, super nice, super cool lady, happened to meet her at a, a coffee shop just to tell the quick story. I met her at a coffee shop and just being the type of guy I am, I said, hey, I'm going to pay for your cup of coffee. And she went back to the same coffee shop and the owner said, hey, that guy's down the street. He does taxes. So she came in. Cut a long story short, she's got self-employment income. She designed sets. Think of it like the set of Hamilton or I said Cirque du Soleil. And she does that scenic design I don't remember even the technicality of, of how she did it, but that's what she does. And she didn't apply for the PPP. Now, without naming the name, she went to a national chain. Forget the fact that the national chain for her 2019 taxes made some cosmetic errors on it, nothing of substance, but they also forgot some things just taking a look at it. So a lot of firms don't ask the questions. What about your cell phone? Did you have any meals? What other expenses did you have? We try and have that interaction with a lot of our clients. In this case, 
She didn't even think about the PPP. She didn't even apply for the PPP. And we said, you may as well. It could take you an hour or two. The portals are really jammed up, we're hearing, but they were like that the first time. But for a few thousand dollars, potentially, is it not worth an hour or two of struggling to get some information in on a bank's portal? It absolutely is worth it. And she's a really cool young lady. She's 32, 33 years old, so 10 years older than you are. And she was just saying how this podcast in particular, when I was, because I was talking about it with her, how what a great idea. It's almost like the home ec financial class that they didn't teach you in school, in college, in high school. She's now just getting her financial house in order and she wants to structure things going right going forward. So imagine if she could have done this 10 years ago when she was 22, 23, 24 years old, how great that would have been. So the PPP is payroll protection program, which has now expanded the rules, greatly enhanced if you're self-employed. So if you're a W-2 employee, forget about it. It's got nothing to do with you. For the employer, it certainly does. Uh, if you own a business and you have employees, but for self-employed people, again, call us 800-TAX-LEVY, but it's got to be quick because there's a small window where this is only available and you don't want to blow the shot. It's worth a call to find out. So any of your listeners out there, absolutely pick up the phone and give us a call to tell you if you'll qualify for it. Thank you for that clarification because I do think it is a bit confusing. Very confusing. And I actually understood it before they introduced the uh, self-employed part of it, which makes it even more confusing, but it benefits a lot more people. So definitely if you are self-employed, Go look into it. Give us a call. You heard the phone number. But so how does someone apply for the PPP? It's a little tricky. And for a guy like me in my 50s, it's even more tricky. But for your generation, maybe you guys will do it faster. You got to go online. So everything is online and you have to go online. The banks where the business banks at generally has portals. There's other platforms like PayPal was offering the PPP. So you have to go online and apply for it. And then what happens is if you get it, you have to spend the money properly. So it's a loan that turns into a forgivable loan. Yeah, that was my next question. So it's a loan, but it turns into forgivable loan if you spend it on allowable expenses, which again gets technical. So to not go into detail on this podcast, call the office, but you get the money. And if you spend it on what you're supposed to spend it on, you then go back and apply for forgiveness. And everyone who got it the first round when it was back last spring in March, April, and May, a lot of people have gone back. They've applied for the forgiveness. They've received the forgiveness. So what happens is you go back to the lender. You say, hey, can it be forgiven? Can you wipe it out? The lender then submits it to the SBA. Sorry to interrupt, but that means that you don't have to pay that money back. Correct. Yep. Forgiven. Wiped out. So the lender submits it to the SBA, Small Business Administration, for approval for forgiveness. Again, all new terms, all new concepts. This is just all COVID-related, so all new learning for everyone, including firms like ours. And then once the SBA gives it the thumbs up and they wipe it out, the lender calls you back, the bank calls you back and says, hey, guess what? Your PPP loan is forgiven. And you also were going to ask about, is it taxable? The answer is no, it's not. The PPP money is not taxable, but when you spend it, it's deductible. So it really is a big win-win. If you can qualify and you do qualify, you should apply for it. So you said that 
it is not taxable, but it's deductible. So how does that impact when, let's just say, for really example, Really tricky say, on your yeah, taxes. Yeah, but let's say, for example's sake, uh, you have a self-employed person that received PPP money. Is it going to be much more difficult for them to do their taxes on their own? It's almost like someone saying, hey, Maverick, can you and your dad renovate, we'll pick something easy, renovate my bathroom? You and I would absolutely be clueless We'd probably try to go to Home Depot and try and find someone to make some calls and figure out we how to get it done. put a porta potty in there. Yeah, just we, leave, yeah, it, leave, just right. leave it. There you go. Here There's you go. Your We're all done. And we give them a bucket to wash their hands with. That's about it. It is. It, you absolutely should not try this on your own. But anything, if you get PPP this year in 2021, obviously we'll be dealing with the taxable event of it next year for the 2021 tax season. So any PPP money that you get this year in 2021, you don't have to worry about dealing with from a taxable event until next year. But if you get it, let's plan properly. Yeah, it goes back to what we talked about on our first episode, which I'll keep reiterating throughout this one that you should go listen to because we talk about the importance of tax planning. So I'll leave that for that episode. But now let's talk about unemployment. We've had clients call, actually some that listen to the podcast, a few of you have called and asked the question saying, how does finally my taxes change? I had a job, I lost that job, I was on unemployment, now I'm back at a new job. So what is the implications of filing your taxes if you were unemployment? Do you pay tax on that yes. unemployment money? Yes. You'll get a 1099G as in great. <laughs> and when you And when you mean you'll get... The IRS, or is it the state that's going to be sending you the that The state form? will send you that 1099G. IRS gets wind of it as well, so you can't miss it. Otherwise, in a year or two, you'll get a love letter from the IRS saying, hey, you forgot to list your unemployment income, and they'll catch up to the missed income. So that particular state will send you a 1099G, and it'll detail your unemployment income some people were having taxes taken out. You could uh, you could check the box and say, yep, take out taxes, but some people didn't. So it's going to come as a shock because the unemployment money is in fact a taxable event. Uh, you should at least have 10% withheld. So, And there's again some rumblings about extending unemployment benefits into this summer. The new administration and Congress are, there's some banter about that. So again, stay tuned. But for purposes of last year, the unemployment is a taxable event that you would have received from your state. Wow, that's crazy. And does it differ between states or is that one rule across the board? It's one rule across the board. Okay. There are some state implications on it. I don't remember what state that is. But again, but, that would be another reason why to call a professional. Yeah, exactly. 100%. So doing it yourself clearly isn't the best option, whether it's PPP, whether it's unemployment. There's so many moving parts right now. But let's talk about now the stimulus checks. Different than unemployment, how does that get reflected on a tax return? Is that taxable money? Is it not taxable money? Pretty much the same sort of questions that I had for you before. How is the stimulus check go hand in hand with your taxes? Stimulus, uh, there were two of them. The first one came out April of last year, if you got it. And the second one came out in December of 2020, a, a few months ago. If you got the full amount in both rounds, your income and the family circumstances haven't changed. You're all set. No issue. You don't need to include the information on the 2020 tax return, the IRS says. However, there's a lot of moving parts to that. What if you didn't get it? So there is a way to claim it if you didn't get it. 
again if you were eligible for it, but for some crazy reason you didn't get it? And also, what if you didn't file? What if you just forgot about, hey, I didn't file my 2018 or my 2019 taxes, and for some reason you weren't in the system? So again, you need to call a professional to find out, number one, how to reflect it if you need to reflect it, or maybe not. And also, if you didn't get it, there may be a way to claim the credit on your 2020 tax return. Got it. And if someone has not received their stimulus check yet, can they do that now, or is it going to be deducted from what they would pay taxes? How is right. that it's working? It's going to be counted as a credit on your tax return. The stimulus was actually an advance credit. So not everyone in the U.S. is eligible for it. You have to have a social number. If you're not claimed as dependent on another taxpayer and your income was $99,000 or under, or 136500 if you were head of household, or $198,000 if you filed a joint tax return or if you're married. So you have to determine if you're eligible, but a stimulus, it really was an advance on your 2020 tax return. People didn't quite get that, but if you didn't get it, you can still qualify for the credit if you're eligible. Got it. And if pretty complicated stuff though. And if someone has not filed their taxes in a long time, can they still get that stimulus? Yes, there was a non-filer payment tool. That tool closed, I think, in November, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you had to have it in before Thanksgiving, but there is a way to go about claiming it. Again, call the office and talk to one of our accountants and they'll explain. Got it. Okay, perfect. So there you have it, everyone. Whether it's stimulus check, whether it's unemployment, whether it's the PPP, you have three brand new systems that have just been introduced by the government. And to say that you would try and do it on your own, we can't reiterate enough, we can't stress it enough that go to a professional. Go to someone that you've done the due diligence on, that you know that they're reputable, you know they have a great staff and a great team. Because as you heard my dad say, we are one of the largest family-owned tax resolution firms with an accounting business as well. And our staff is still in the process of learning things because it's a revolving door. Things are changing every day. The rules are changing. Regulation is changing. Congress parties are fighting back and forth about what should be taxable, what should be not taxable. So just make sure that you're doing your taxes with a professional that's reputable and that understands what these changes are and how they're going to impact you filing and or paying your taxes. And there's some information on the IRS uh, website, irs.gov, but I'm just going to read you a, a highlight. If you didn't get the full economic impact payment, you may be eligible to claim the recovery rebate credit. The IRS and Treasury have issued all first and second economic impact payments. If you didn't get the payment, you may qualify the recovery rebate credit and must file a 2020 tax return to claim the credit even if you normally don't file. So again, there's some info that you can receive at irs.gov. If you call us, we'll help translate that because it's, like you mentioned, Maverick, it's all new, it's all changing, it's evolving daily, especially lately, and now with a new administration in, there may be more things coming down the pipe, which we don't know about yet. But stay tuned to the best of the best, Maverick's Guide to Success. <laughs> Wonder who gave you that name, huh? <laughs> the Maverick name, I always say, I can't take credit for it. You know that. That's absolutely right. Switching topics a little bit here. 
obviously the whole world, not just America, our conversation is focused on America, but the whole world really changed. People went from going into an office building, going into a workspace to working from home, a majority of the people. Are there any tax inductions or tax benefits that people can take advantage of if they are working from home? I've done a little bit of my own research on this, and I saw that if you're an employee of uh, just a regular W-2 employee, there really aren't any deductions or benefits that are going to be brought to you by working from home. But, and this is a huge but, if you are self-employed and you, or you own your own business, there can be some deductions or benefits that can be brought to you if you are working from home. So can we talk about those for a second? What are some benefits for a self-employed person or deductions that they can take off of their taxes if they are working from home? Uh, well, one thing that has not, it's not related to COVID, but there's the home office. So there's the home office deduction if, you're, if your office is based out of your home at specific requirements. In my opinion, I think a lot of these deductions in the next few years may change because I don't know if things will return back. A lot of the remote concept, remote working, I think people happen to like it. I think uh, employers are becoming more comfortable with it. And I think the employees like it. Now, for the self-employed person, again, we'll use the landscape, for example, you have a home office, you have to, again, check with your tax professional to make sure that you qualify for the home office deduction. There may be some more changes coming because a lot of people are setting up their home offices, but nothing COVID-related. But again, call us and we'll go into some detail with you about anything that may or may not be of benefit to you to take as a deduction if you're self-employed and have a home office. And if well, we, well, let's talk about, tell you what does is big change, by the way. Let's talk about the meals. Okay, that's right? let's do it. So meals. So let's say that you were the law offices of Maverick Levy and you had a, a PC. So you're going off to law school, please God, three, four years down the road, you now have your own law firm. In 2020, if you took a client out to a meal uh, last year, that meal, let's say you took into a fancy meal at Capitol Grill, you bought them shrimp cocktail, you bought them a steak, and hopefully you had a cup of coffee and not a martini. So let's say the meal was $300. You would write down the name of that client. We'll make a, a name up. Let's say it was Richard Mandel one of the guys that you had, the Rocket Mortgage VP. So you'd write down on the receipt, dinner with Richard Mandel, and it was $300. You would be able to write that off because it was a business expense at 50%. The new rule for 2020, for anyone that uh, has a, a client meal, it's 100%. The rumor is they're trying to uh, infuse money back into the hospitality industry that was crushed because of COVID. So they're trying to encourage people to have business meals out. So anyone listening, if you have a business or you're self-employed and you can deduct meals, now that meal is a 100% business write-off where it was never like that in the past. Pretty big change. Again, more rumors that there's more things to come, but for right now, that meal is a pretty big change for 2021. So keep track of your receipts. If you have a business, if you're self-employed, make sure that you track every receipt. And you have to be pretty meticulous with your records in case Uncle Sam ever questions it. You have to write down 
who you had the meal with and to be on the safe side, I'd write down just a, the gist of what you talked about. So it counts as a legit kosher business expense. Got it. Now that's great info. I actually did not know that. And obviously you've gone over some pretty complex and intricate situations or theoretical situations that could happen. So if you could, Dad, one more time before we move on, just give some contact information for the office. I don't know if you want to give your email, some way for someone to contact you uh, just once again so they can have it. Sure. The phone number is 800-TAX-LEVY. That's 800-T-A-X-L-E-V-Y. Website's levytaxhelp.com, levytaxhelp.com. Pretty informative website. I know you had your hand in trying to enhance that website. So by the way, we should give you a shout out for all your help. You've been really doing just a tremendous job over the past few years, really taking a a big role in the business. And I want to say publicly to all your listeners how proud I am of you, not only in the business world, but also uh, in your academic world and going to law school and graduating from college. And this podcast, you're always prepared. You always have great shows. You always have a lot of fun with it. And people that I know that you've interviewed have said just how prepared you are and how well-informed you are. And you do your research about them ahead of time. Thank you. So uh, 800 Tax Levy. Absolutely. I appreciate that. I'm a proud dad. (laughs) I'm a proud son. Always remember that whether you have a tax problem, whether you need to file your taxes, whether you have questions just in general about a tax question, please never, ever hesitate to give us a call. DM the podcast account on Instagram. Levy Tax Help is our Instagram for Levy and Associates. DM that account. Multiple people that have access to that can help you. And Always remember that if you are going to contact Levy & Associates from listening to the podcast, mention the podcast for a discounted rate on whatever the services may be that we are going to do for you. We always like to extend that deal out for the listeners because you are loyal fans of mine, and I truly appreciate you, and I'm thankful for all of you. Moving on with the conversation, how much is it going to cost? What is the typical range of prices it's going to cost for someone that comes into our office, whether they're a couple, whether they're single, to file their taxes? Prices can range anywhere from $425 ish on the low side to $1,000 and anywhere in the middle, plus or minus. Uh, depends upon what's involved. Are you self employed? So, is there what they call a Schedule C? Do you have a business? So, there's a corporate tax return. Was it just a basic husband and wife and you each get your W-2s and you don't have kids yet, you don't own a house and you don't itemize? So on the average low side, 400, 425-ish, the average high side could be 750 to 950, not tremendous dollars. But again, it's an important number to spend. Too many people try to do their taxes on their own and they really screw it up. And fixing of the problem is more expensive than getting it done the right way the first time. No different than why you and I shouldn't try and remodel someone's bathroom because we give them a porta potty and a bucket to wash their hands in. Yeah, no, for sure. But two things I want to take out of what you just said. Number one, you just mentioned some prices. Remember that we are going to have a discount on those prices if you call from the podcast. So if you're concerned that it may be a little too expensive for you, you can't afford it. Remember that we're always willing to work with you, especially if you're a listener of the podcast. Just mention the podcast in some way, some form, mention my name, whatever it may be. The second thing I wanted to Just ta- drop the name Maverick. So <laughs> you, you call the office, I'm a friend of Maverick's. I don't even have my name. Forget Lawrence. I'm just Maverick's dad. Actually, I text someone. Who did I text? And I said, this is Lawrence Levy. And I wrote, 
also known as oh, it was the guy from uh, the the one the one you referred to early on on Monday. I just texted him. I said, "This is Lawrence Levy," but the easier one for you is. AKA Maverick's dad. Yeah. Or AKA the tax pro. That's what that or Maverick and Jet's dad. That's yeah. it. That's my name. It's my claim to fame. What are some things people need to take into consideration when going to file their taxes? Like, do they need to always keep track of receipts? I know that's a big yep. one that people always think. Like, if you're self-employed, you want to keep track of your receipts. What what other things do people need anything? Like, let's say we have a regular W-2 employee comes into our office says, hey, I need to file my taxes. I have one job. I'm making $80,000 a year. What are we going to need from them? And that person, uh, let's say there's, there's someone your age, 23, 24 years old, and we'll use your number. They make $80,000. They don't own a house. They're paying rent. That's about it. Just that W-2 is all that's needed. And we can send you a share file link. So it's easy. You don't even have to come to the office and you'll send it so it's secured. We can uh, prepare the tax return and we can send you a tax return via DocuSign. So everything with us these days, we've really become pretty high tech and that's all you need. So for that W-2 person, that's about it. Now, let's take that same W-2 person, but maybe they're married and have a couple of kids. And let's maybe say that they have a side hustle. So they have a, we'll go back to the silly landscape example. Not so silly because people have made big businesses out of it, but let's say they have a landscape business and they made $100,000 cutting lawns. And maybe if it's a, a Northern climate, they plow in the winter. So that they're gonna have to give us a list of their expenses. Uh, how much did they pay out in labor? How much did they pay for cell phone, for their auto expense, to put a plow on, to buy lawnmower equipment, whatever it may be. Or you have friends that are in the uh, graphic design business. You have friends that are photographers. You have a videographer guy, right? He's got his expenses. So if you're self-employed, we need to know two basic things. Number one, what'd you make? What's your income? So whether it's adding up 12 months worth of bank statements, that should be the income in a perfect world. But also, what are your expenses? Whether it's travel, whether it's Uber, whether it's hotel, if you could travel last year or did travel. Your cell phone, you had to buy a laptop. Uh, just even things that, that you had to spend. Let's say that you were, you know, Mavericks Podcast Inc. You had to buy these mics. You had to buy the stand holding your, your iPad that looks like a, a radio mic, a really cool, all those Everything that I'm physically looking at are all legit business expenses for if you had a, a podcast business. So a W-2 is way simpler than have being self-employed. There's less By things far. there's less things you need to keep track of. By far. And what are some advice that you give to our self-employed clients on how to keep track of these things? Is it Excel? Is it just keep, you know, a shoebox? What what is the best way? We would rather not the shoebox, but we get a lot of shoeboxes. We get a lot of people coming in with literally a shoebox or Ziploc baggies with receipts. So uh, obviously we don't want that. It's not ideal, but Excel or you just take pictures these days. You know, it's very easy to take a picture and then you can categorize it that way and try and do it monthly so that you're not having to worry about it once a year or use QuickBooks. Or if your company's big enough and it makes sense, you hire us to do your books. You hire us to do the monthly bookkeeping. I was talking again today, uh, uh, Monday, uh, I was talking to a, a landscaper uh, in the Metro Detroit area and again, he didn't have us do his books last year. And he says, geez, I wish I did. So now he wants to try and get his PPP. So we're going to bang out 12 months worth of bookkeeping for him. And now he wants us to do his books monthly. So keeping track of your expenses monthly is a far better way to make sure that you capture 
all of the expenses that you could, and then uh, maybe things won't be deductible, but at least you can ask. So keep a good record. Record keeping, being organized, being neat, being clean is a really good way to make sure that you have uh, an easier time during tax season and less headache for you and less headache for us. Got it. Now, I want to take the time to go over some planning ahead, shall I say. We've talked about leading up to filing your taxes with COVID, et cetera, et cetera. But now let's say someone has filed their taxes. They got ahead of it. They did it early. They called their office early. They were proactive. Let's say someone says, I want to tax plan for next year. I've never done so before. What does tax planning entail? It means that you are conscious and aware of what your income is going to be or what you think it's going to be, your anticipated income, and you plan. So maybe you know that you have your realtor and you know that you have a hundred because the real estate market is so freaking hot, especially in certain states. In Florida in particular, the real estate market is the hottest it's probably ever been. Who would have thought a year ago that that's what's going to happen? But obviously, Florida is absolutely booming. It's, it's incredible. So if you're a realtor and you know that you have 50 listings and you think you're going to make a lot of money, you want to make sure that you plan. Maybe you should form a corporation and start taking a paycheck out of it. Certainly, uh, maybe buying a business vehicle if you qualify. So tax planning is not just a cut and dry yes or no. There's a lot of moving pieces to it. But again, that's why you go to a professional to make sure that you plan accordingly so that you don't have that holy shit moment because you didn't plan. So again, you want a professional. A moral of this podcast and the one we did on episode one is how important it is to seek professional advice. And I think that's actually an overriding theme that you have on your podcast. Uh, You want to teach people the best of the best and how they did it in that particular industry. And everyone you've spoken to has said how important it is to have a professional guide you, whether it's insurance, whether it's real estate, whether it's a mortgage, no matter what it is that you've interviewed people, small business owners, they all say one of the big themes that's a common denominator throughout is how important it is to have professionals guide them. Certainly taxes and accounting, legal is another one. You want to make sure your structure is right. So should your business be structured as an S-corp or a C-corp? How is it? In fact, one of the people from your podcast that lives on the West Coast of Tampa, uh, he was talking about how do I structure my business? The lady that came in on Monday night, the one that's 10 years older than you, she and her husband are going to start buying real estate. And how do they structure their real estate investment business? Maybe form an LLC, form a partnership. So her and her husband are partners. There's so many moving parts to tax planning. That's why you really want someone who does this for a living. Don't try and half-ass it because you'll probably miss things. And who knows, you could screw things up. Absolutely, 100%. Thank you for that tax planning. I couldn't have said it better myself. You want to make sure that you are doing some tax planning. It is very important and it is going to benefit you in the future 1,000%. Switching gears while we come to the end of the interview, I have a few last questions yeah, for you. Yeah, I thought we had a couple hours left. Man, we have like five hours left. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> but I just want to talk about crypto for a second. It has been the focus of conversations in the news, social media for the past few months. It sort of goes in and out of phases, but it's very in right now. Bitcoin hit an all-time high a few weeks back. 
does someone have to pay taxes on crypto or what are the tax implications on crypto? I will tell you that IRS has their eyes on cryptocurrency. There's uh, about a year ago on some IRS financial statements, if you owe back taxes, one of the line items they actually added was, do you have any cryptocurrency? And in fact, right now we have a client of ours that owes the IRS a big number, two, $300,000. And the IRS revenue officer actually is asking him to liquidate his Coinbase account to pay down his IRS debt. One wow. of the first times we actually have ever seen that. So any of y'all that, and I'm saying y'all because I've been in Florida for a few months, but any of y'all that have cryptocurrency, IRS is tracking that. And I think as the years progress in the next few years, assuming this keeps going like it is, I promise you IRS has got eyes on that cryptocurrency. So you want to make sure that you are reporting it when you should. In fact, in the levy office, I don't know how long it was, about a month ago, we had a dinner meeting thinking about having a division that specializes in crypto only. So it's a new thing again. Call us. We'll give you the one-on-one -on -one advice if you have specific questions. But IRS has their eyes on crypto, no question about it. Yeah, absolutely. And you just heard my dad brought up a crypto division. That is something that we are 100% going to be implementing. I think of Superman when I talk about crypto. Wasn't it Kryptonite or something? I have no idea. Right. See, I'm too I, old for that. I have no idea. I think you. I think you are right, but I don't know if it was Superman, possibly, though. I'm pretty sure it was. Let's talk about refunds for a second, just very, very briefly. People say all the time, oh, I just got my refund. What is going to qualify someone to actually get a refund back from the government? Absent COVID and credits and stimulus credits and advanced credits, absent all that, which is a crazy year for it. But a refund is nothing more than an interest-free loan to Uncle Sam. So people over the years who have said, oh my God, I got a $6,000 refund. Well, guess what? Wouldn't you rather have had some tax planning and had an extra $500 a month in your pocket? Because IRS, they don't give you interest. You're not sitting on their money. They don't look at it like that. So having a big refund sounds great and, and is great, but we always like to hit that target mark of zero. I'd rather you have a smaller refund, which means you actually maximize your net take home. So a big refund sounds great, but it really isn't as great as it sounds. So a refund is when you have, we'll use your example of $80,000 and you had withholding, federal withholding, or certain states like Michigan has withholding tax. Michigan, Massachusetts, New York, a lot of them don't. Florida happens to not, by the way, have state tax. But if you have a refund, it just means that based upon your taxable income, you've paid in too much, and therefore you get a refund yeah, electronically. Uh, and by the way, talk about that. We highly, highly, highly recommend that you file your tax returns electronically. The old paper way to mail it in, it's crazy. And with COVID, the IRS is still backed up. So if you were to mail in a tax return, you could be waiting months and months and months and months to have that tax return process, uh, whereby e-filing is absolutely the way to go. And you want to make sure that you, again, uh, have a professional do your tax returns because one click, one number, one box checked wrong, one wrong entry, it, the IRS may not catch it for months, if not a year, but then it's going to come back and haunt you. Yeah, 100%. You don't want it to come back and bite you in the ass. Coming down, winding down to the end of the interview, I know what I would say, so I want to see what you would say, but 
What, in your opinion, sets our office aside from other companies that do what we do, whether it's just general accounting, filing your taxes, or tax resolution work? We are a boutique, family-owned business that is available to you seven days a week. If you call us on a Sunday at 8 in the morning, we're going to answer the phone and we're going to talk to you. What's the difference, especially in COVID? What's the difference between an 8 o'clock on a Sunday night or a 1 o'clock on a Monday? When was the last time in this world, you're obviously too young, thank God, to remember it, but when COVID was going on, even now because of the new PPP, we're talking to bankers. We're talking to clients on weekends at 6, 7, 8 o'clock at night. It was unheard of. So in our office, we're going to be here to answer your questions, not just during tax season, seasonally, but we're here 12 months a year for you. And we don't care if it's a holiday, July 4th, Christmas Day, New Year's Day, Memorial Day. What's the difference? We're here to help. So we're going to give you that advice And a lot of your listeners have actually called because they do have a tax problem. So we're unique because not only do we take care of civil tax controversy, but we also have the conventional side of the business, preparing tax returns, bookkeeping, payroll. So our office is structured very uh, uniquely because we have two sides of the business. The tax resolution piece, God forbid you have a problem with the IRS or a particular state, as well as just doing the conventional accounting, bookkeeping, tax term preparation, and payroll services. So we're we're set aside because we have both sides of it that a lot of firms don't. 150%. You know, what's so funny is I actually had a Google auditor call my cell phone the other day. I don't even know how they would get my cell phone number. And they were trying to get some more information about our hours for our Google ad page. And I was asking them, why are you calling now? They're up there. And they're like, well, it says you're open all the time, 24-7. We do. We have a live yeah. person. We have someone live that answers the phone 24-7. And that's, and that's what I said to him. And I said, you know, we're open seven days a week, 24 hours a right. day. And he was sort of baffled by that because we're a professional accounting tax We've resolution We've had clients firm. call us literally at midnight, two in the morning. And depending upon how that works, the call get transferred to Lance, guy in the office. And he said client calls at midnight and literally it will take the client call like that, or they've called and uh, somehow it, it goes through to my cell phone and, and uh, I'll pick up the call. But we're here for you 24-7, and, and we truly mean that. We've been like that. We always will be like that. We're going to be third generation when Maverick officially comes on into the business. His grandfather started. I took it over right around when Maverick was born. And uh, there you go. You, gotta, you really need to seek the professional advice so many things are changing. It's a really complex playing field in the tax world these days. Uh, you really need to be up on it and make sure that you're aware of uh, what you should qualify for, what you may not qualify for, so you don't check the wrong box and find out that you're going to have uh, a problem down the road. Now, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know I end the interviews asking the same question, which is, what do you wish you knew in your early 20s? But... I already asked him that on episode one. So go listen to that because that is something, the way he answered that question is something he told me every day of my life when I was growing up. And it's something that I really think about a lot and do now. So I will end with this, Dad. Can you please give the listeners all the contact information you have for our offices so people can get in touch with us, whether it's at 2 o'clock in the afternoon or at 2 a.m. in the middle of the night? I like that. 
So uh, website, levytaxhelp.com. That's levytaxhelp.com or the toll-free number 800-TAX-LEVY. And yes, Levy really is our last name, and that's 800-T-A-X-L-E-V-Y. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The Levy office is here to help you no matter what it is. And we also, by the way, I was telling another client today, we try and be that one-stop shop. So even if it's something that's not in our space, clients will call and say, hey, I, I need a good insurance guy. Whether it's health insurance, life insurance, we'll give you someone. Don't have to use them, but it will at least steer you in the right direction. So we always try and say we're that great go-to resource for almost anything. We have connections in just about anything. You need a new car, we'll give you a guy at a, at a dealership for the car you're looking for. We really try and make it so that you feel part of the family and that you're that person calling who can always rely on us to at least steer you in the right direction, even if it's not our area of specialty. A hundred percent. You always say that warm and fuzzy feeling. That's right. A- we want you to feel comfortable. Just like no different when you were a kid, I want to feel comfortable with your pediatrician and your dentist and your orthodontist. As a parent, I want to feel a level of comfort with who you are going to see and who is going to be taking care of you. You want to have that same warm and fuzzy feeling. So we try and make sure our staff has a great bedside manner. And we're different than the average accounting firm. We're a lot more laid back and we're here for you. And we have staff, if you're an early bird like I am, we have staff that gets in literally Monday to Friday at 5.30 in the morning. And then we have people that stay late. So we have from, if you're that 6 a.m. person, you want a phone call because you're up early, we'll have that with you. If you want to have the call at eight o'clock at night, which we've done plenty of time last week, we were having dinner. A doctor who owes a ton of money to the IRS, he was on a a webinar and he called at 9.30 at night. I took his call and that was it. Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming on, Dad. It was a great educational, informational conversation. It's really going to benefit people a lot because there are so many complex moving parts with this year's filing of your tax return. So make sure you do contact us. You do give us a call. But once again, thank you for coming on the show, Dad. It's an honor, and I'm super-duper proud of you. You happen to make me smile every single day. I couldn't be a prouder dad. Don't want to get too corny nor sentimental because that's not my style, but I am so proud of you. What, weren't you trending? You were telling me this past weekend. What, yeah, what was so, that? So the podcast is the top 2% podcast uh, grouped in there in the whole world. So I believe there's almost 2 million podcasts. So it means we are in the top 40,000 of all podcasts in the entire world. So that was pretty cool to see. Thus, the best of the best, baby. Yeah, 100%. That's it. You are the best of the best. 100%. But thank you so much, Dad. Love it. Filing taxes is always a complicated task for those that are not tax professionals. Doing it by yourself, just like anything else in life, is possible, but you probably won't do it the best that it can be done, or in this case, receive the maximum amount of benefits that you could take advantage of if a professional does your taxes themselves. Being a leader means being proactive, getting done what you need to get done ahead of time. Don't wait until the last second to file your taxes. Do it today. Call us today. Call us after you listen to the podcast. Call us first thing tomorrow morning on Thursday morning. Do it early so you don't have to stress and rush at the last second. As you heard, COVID has impacted the tax filing system very significantly. And this year, if not any year, is an absolute reason to call us. The best of the best. Levy and Associates. 
our team is aware of all the changes that are taking place and how they will affect you and your taxes. We are understanding, we're knowledgeable, and we truly are the best of the best. If you missed the contact information for Levin Associates, head to the podcast website, tbotbpod.com. That information will be on there on the guest tab. And don't forget, when you do call the office, make sure you mention the podcast, Maverick, whatever it may be for a discount. Everyone, I want you all to have a great weekend. Continue to be a leader and continue to always be learning. I will talk to you all next week on another episode of the best of the best, Maverick's Guide to Success. Thank you.